For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zontini. And I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags. This is a podcast all about weather. We are two broadcast meteorologists in Dayton, Ohio. And we just can't stop talking about weather. So when we're not on TV, we figured why not jump behind the mic to answer your weather questions and talk about all things meteorology. Now remember, you can listen to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast anytime you want on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our first podcast. I'm assuming you did, which means you found us, which is great. Um, If you missed episode one, you can go back and listen to it. It will live on and on forever. Um, You can learn a little bit more about McCall and I, but if you're just joining us for the first time, once again, McCall and I work together in Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, We are both meteorologists. Um, We've both been doing this for a few years. I work mornings. McCall, you've got that awesome midday shift. Mm-hmm. It lets you uh, get a little bit of severe weather action in, yeah. and uh, we kind of overlap, which is great. Yeah, it allows me to flex uh, morning into the evenings. Of course, it can also mean some long hours, and uh, flip-flopping can you know, mess up the sleep schedule a little bit, but at least I'm not getting up at, what, midnight every <laughs> <Yeah>. night? <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm that weird person that lives in the dark, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. So we are actually joined by another member of our team today. Um, That's a goal we have is to kind of keep bringing guests that can help talk about weather and really add to the story. And uh, Eric Elwell actually adds a lot of stories here in Dayton, Ohio. He's uh, our chief meteorologist. And I want to talk a little bit about Eric because he's got a quite an impressive resume. So Eric Elwell is our chief meteorologist here in Dayton, Ohio, WHIO. That's our call letter. He has a Facebook page. You could follow him there. Uh, But before coming to Dayton, he actually worked in Columbus at WBNS. And then before that, he has some great experience being a leader because he was uh, the chief meteorologist at ONN, which is known as the Ohio News Network. If you've heard of it, if you're from Ohio, you've probably watched or gotten some forecasts from Eric. He worked there for more than 15 years, which is pretty crazy. So before he decided to fall in love with Ohio weather and all it has to offer, he forecasted in Tupelo, Mississippi, Wichita, Kansas as well. And he gained a lot of experience as well as confidence with dealing with severe weather. And it definitely shows when he is covering severe weather here in Ohio. In Dayton, actually, he has safely led us through multiple severe weather events, including a tornado that touched down in Park Lane, which he was actually able to see using one of our weather cameras as it was developing. So pretty impressive stuff. um, And we love having him on our team. He's also recognized by his peers. He holds a seal of approval from the National Weather Association, as well as the highly uh, designated certified broadcast meteorologist title from the American Meteorological Society was a mouthful, Eric. I hope God, I got it all wow. right. I mean, we know you at this point now. <laughs> well, He's and just, it, you know, before he spoke, you didn't know that he has like the best radio voice oh, of the team. You know, I used to be a DJ, so you that's did. where I started out. Wanted- I was I was Rick Williams. Oh, yeah, I, I like need that? to hear a little bit more. Tell us about this story. Well, yeah. you know, uh, before I, I went into to TV weather, uh, my first gig was uh, at a station called Mix One Hundred Six in uh, 
Starkville, Mississippi. Yes, Starkville. Yes, Stark Vegas, as we call it uh, down there. <laughs> but um, no, I got the job uh, doing uh, the drive home shift, uh, doing uh, mix radio. It was classic rock, mm-hmm. and um, so that's where I started. And now I can't seem to get rid of this DJ voice. You know, <laughs> that's okay. It's, it's a part c- of you. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think it's super comforting um, when we're in severe weather. Mm-hmm. It's a very well, calming tone. Yeah, I appreciate that. Sometimes it's it's good. Sometimes you know I get yelled at for it, but you know you know how it goes <laughs> not around by here. Us. Right? No, no, <laughs> right. of course not. Um, but we wanted to bring Eric on today because you wrote an article in the Dayton Daily News uh, for yeah. this past week about La Nina and how it may have impacts on severe weather season. You know, uh, one of the things that that obviously all of us working together have looked at was uh, the El Nino that we went through last year um, and the quick transition over into La Nina. And uh, I know all of us as a group uh, on our weather team kind of put together a winter forecast, which has, you know, turned out to be quite accurate with mm-hmm. uh, with La Nina. We, we knew that it was going to be a wetter than average uh, winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the things that uh, we had uh, certainly thought and saw coming. Uh, the, the real kind of question mark was the temperature and what the temperature was going to do, whether it was going to be uh, above or below average. It could have been either. And, and, you know, we had a really cold start, yeah. particularly in January, and we kind of warmed things back up. But one of the things that I wrote about is going forward, we, we've warmed up. We had temperatures back in the 70s not too long ago, mm-hmm. is whether this type of pattern would continue with the La Nina continuing. It appears La Nina is weakening some. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're likely transitioning into um, – a more normal pattern. And just so folks understand what La Nina is, uh, La Nina is basically looking at the ocean water temperatures in the central Pacific uh, off the coast of uh, South America and Peru. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, way out in the the Pacific Ocean looking at whether those water temperatures are warmer and cooler than normal around the equator. Uh, When it's cooler than average, that impacts the jet stream pattern across uh, much of the world and really here in in, in North America. Uh, and, you know, El Nino does the same thing. When the water is warmer than average, that impacts a jet stream. So that has a, a, a way of influencing the weather here in the United States. And with La Nina, we typically get a more active southern branch of the jet stream. Uh, that gives us a lot of moisture, especially here in the Ohio Valley yeah. in the Midwest. Um, and we have seen that. And the concern with La Nina slowly breaking down but not completely is that we're going to have a, a pretty soggy pattern uh, going into spring. Uh, and that's one of the things that I wrote about was mm-hmm. uh, we had definitely started to see that, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks, uh, whether it's directly impacted by La Nina, you know, that's always up for debate. But it does appear that it, there is some uh, involvement there and, and whether that goes forward into spring, it's a possibility. Yeah. And as Eric was saying, um, if you had listened to our episode, our first episode, which was taped around Valentine's Day, we were starting to see that transition into right. a very wet pattern. Mm-hmm. And that has persisted now for two, almost three weeks. Yeah. And in Dayton, uh, record-wise for February now, we are the fourth wettest on record. We so. got close to number yeah, three. Yeah. We? Very yeah. close to number three, yeah. actually. Um, you know, so that it's just interesting that when you look at those big teleconnections that it's not always about everyday weather that you can use those guiding principles like you know what La Nina is doing for us in the winter and not just for us but you know our arctic oscillation when are we getting those cold breaks which we had a few of them we did um but our winter outlook had also talked about getting our winter thaw Mm -hmm. which occurred as well so Mm -hmm. um you know now moving forward into severe weather season 
you know, what are you thinking? Well, you know, it's it's going to be interesting, especially if the southern branch of the jet can stay more active. Right. Um, on whether that will increase our severe weather threat. Uh, you know, we we unfortunately just uh, uh, the last weekend of uh, February had, um, you know, a couple of tornado fatalities. Yeah. Uh, we had two tornado touchdowns here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of off to an early start. Uh, you know, typically in the south where they had the tornadoes in Arkansas and Tennessee, you know, they can get tornadoes in February. So not too terribly unusual there. Mm-hmm, right. But it is a little more unusual to get it up here mm-hmm. uh, in February. Not that it can't happen, and it has happened before. But it, it's something interesting to watch. You know, we, we've all kind of kept an eye on the Climate Prediction Center and, and, and um, looking at different uh, patterns. It does appear that we're going to be in store for a wet spring. I just yeah. think that that's going to happen. Um, I think we're going to get a, a bit of a, a lull here uh, after um, as we head into March with a little bit less precipitation for the first couple of weeks. But And I think we're going to ramp things up into April. Uh, and I'm really concerned April and May we could increase the, uh, the precipitation chances. And... Um, you know, we'll have to see about severe weather, but perhaps more of a flooding threat uh, right. appears to be something we're going to watch. You know, the water table's already high. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to take much more. We're going to need a, a good stretch of dry weather to, to get the water table back down, and I'm not sure if we're going to see that. Yeah. And we're also getting into the time of year in the wintertime. We're talking about teleconnections, which uh, the La Nina is. You know, we have the Arctic Oscillation during the wintertime, and that dominates a lot of the forecasts that we see in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now we're transitioning into the spring, and that's when we get the North Atlantic Oscillation that starts to play a little bit more into our forecast. Basically, once it becomes into its, uh, I believe it's its negative phase, we start to see more of an active pattern. The jet Mm -hmm. stream starts to wobble more. That's going to bring up more of that Gulf moisture and will make that southern jet more active. So the along with the La Nina, we're going to have to keep an eye on that North Atlantic Oscillation. You know, and, and, and going into March, uh, there's always there always appears to be something that happens. Uh, and I was telling someone the other day that walked in the studio, are, are we done with snow? And I just don't nope. think we are. <laughs> you know, I look back and it's always around my birthday. There's a snowstorm, which is uh, March the 7th. There's always something. And I look yeah. back and probably the last 20 years, there's always been something going on. Uh, so I, I expect we, we'll see one more winter storm before all is over. I would have to agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I don't think we're going to sneak out without one more one more thing. No, and uh, we always talk about the fact that you don't want to plant any flowers until after Mother's Day. No, yeah, Please, <laughs> keep the it. warning. And you know what? It's probably not just for Ohio. <laughs> if you're neighbor, one of our neighboring states, keep that in mind as well. Um, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. We always bring up those Dayton Daily News articles that you write. If you don't live in the Dayton area and you can't get the Dayton Daily News, you can visit DaytonDailyNews.com and read his articles articles. Also, Eric Elwell, he has a Facebook account. He has Twitter. He has Instagram. Um, So, you know, follow him there. He's a very active chief and he talks more about not only Dayton forecasts for you guys, but but outside of that as well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, Kirsty, it's that time of the podcast that we start talking about astronomy, and mm-hmm. I think this is one of the most interesting parts of our podcast. And this month, uh, we have two full moons. We're recording this today. It's March 1st, and at 7.51 p.m., we have our first full moon of the month. Then as we round out the month on March 31st, we'll get our second full moon. And of course, when we have two full moons in one month, it is termed a blue moon. So pretty exciting. It is. It has nothing to do with the color. No, not at all. <laughs> the moon will not look 
code blue. <laughs> and there's a couple other things that are going on in the skies. Uh, the first three weeks of March, uh, Venus is going to be looking like a very bright star mm-hmm. in the sky. But as we've talked about in our last podcast, they don't twinkle like stars. They seem a little bit brighter and perhaps even a little bit larger than the typical stars that you see in the sky. Um, and then also there's Mercury, which will be a little bit dimmer, and you'll be able to see that very close after sunset. Exactly, yeah. So those two planets, they partner up pretty nicely. Um, Venus is always a really easy planet, and if you can have Venus as your guide, it's kind of easy to find Mm -hmm. anything else that'd be close by, which is Mercury for the beginning of March. Um, There's also something really exciting that's going into the sky, (laughs) and that is NOAA's GOES-S satellite, which uh, is expected to launch once again, we're recording this March 1st, but it is expected to launch um, from Cape Canaveral around 5 o'clock. If weather permits, it will go up into the sky. No problem. Um, no problem. And uh, what I think is really cool is that we forget about this, but it actually takes 17 days for it to get into orbit. Mm-hmm. Once it does reach orbit, it'll be called GOES-17. And it's actually going to partner up with GOES-16, which is already up in space. Uh, That was launched um, in November of 2016. And these are two satellites uh, that are geostationary satellites. So basically, uh, McCall, you and I talked about this earlier. Mm -hmm. It's like shining a flashlight on the Earth. Yes. uh, Because it moves with the Earth. And these two are going to encompass the west coast of Africa all the way to the coast of New Zealand. And that is going to provide for especially the western half of the United States huge advancements to the imagery, um, the atmospheric measurements that they're going to be able to do using these satellites. And um, it's going to make it a lot better for forecasting. Yeah, because we'll be able to see those storms coming on shore a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a higher resolution uh, satellite, so we'll get updates much faster, and that will actually allow us to really uh, hone in on our severe weather forecasting because it will be able to see those very small storms developing within a large system and give us a better idea of how all of these things are developing. And then we'll be able to track those storms coming on shore a bit better Mm -hmm. and getting data fed into our computer models, which will allow a better forecast by the time those systems make it into our area, which is the Midwest. But again, we've got listeners all across the country. So this is is an advancement for you no matter where you are. Exactly. Yeah. No matter where you are, it's a big deal. Um, It'll help with fire detection when Mm -hmm. we have wildfires. Which is great for the West Coast. Exactly. Um, And then also... Uh, the lightning mapping as well, which getting that data of lightning for severe storms. Not only are you able to see the cloud development, but uh, these satellites have the ability as well to map the lightning. So is it strengthening, weakening, or is it more or less cloud to ground, all of that? uh, It's it's really going to be very exciting. And lightning is uh, something super important when we're talking about severe weather. Uh, Lightning forms by the collision of ice particles within a thunderstorm cloud. Mm -hmm. If you start to see more lightning, you know that the storm is becoming more violent. And again, if it's increasing in the intensity of lightning, the number of strikes, then we know that the storm is growing. And it also, vice versa, if we start to see the lightning dissipating, that can tell us that maybe a storm um, is perhaps recycling or coming to the end of its phase yeah so this is uh going to be great um you know fingers crossed everything is good weather wise Mm -hmm. if not they'll keep trying and and, until they get it launched up into safe space yeah and i mean if they don't launch it you know later on in the day we want to make sure that um everything is just right because this is such an important tool yeah that we need to make sure that everything 
is on par yeah. for the launch. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about what's going on in space. Um, and we want to talk again about our teachable moments, mm-hmm. which is basically just kind of us doing a little a little uh, deep dive into something weather that we speak about, uh, maybe a meteorological term that you're unaware of. But because it's March 1st, I thought it'd be perfect to talk about the mm-hmm. difference between astronomical seasons and meteorological seasons. Because as meteorologists, we know that there's two um, most people just kind of understand the astronomical season. Yeah, and the astronomical season is a season that follows the rotation of the Earth and the Sun. The Earth's tilt and the Sun's alignment over the equator determines the solstice and the equinox. Basically, when the Sun passes over the equator um, on either the fall or the spring equinox, typically what we're going to see is about equal amounts of daylight and Mm -hmm. darkness. And then once it, you know, the we continue in our rotation around the sun that's when we start to see shorter days or longer nights yeah so solstices and equinoxes those determine the astronomical season that's what you think of march mm-hmm. 20th this year is going to be the first day of spring um but weather wise uh meteorologists as well as climatologists we go off of something that's a little bit different so our seasons are actually based off of the annual temperature cycle mm-hmm. so they're grouped uh, in months of three and it's what you think of. So our winter is when the coldest temperatures fall. So basically, you'll see your winter months from December, January to February, spring, March, April, May. Mm-hmm. And it makes it cleaner when you're taking observations and forecasting and keeping data because it keeps um, you know the seasons in almost 90-day cycles with the right. exception of leap year. And you don't have seasons starting in the middle of a month. Correct. It'd be really hard to keep data if, you know, March 20th, all of a sudden, then you have to start you know keeping the observations and and climatological data for the middle and end of the month it just gets kind of messy and also they don't always fall on the same day exactly so that would make it a little bit more difficult as well yeah so So keeping things clean that's what uh the meteorological seasons are based off which is the annual temperature cycle solstices and equinoxes that is the the seasons that you think of on your you know everyday life so uh again this is our second episode of (laughs) cloudy with the chance of podcast i do want to talk about a couple of other podcasts that we have teams um, that are going on that you could also subscribe to and listen to. Um, Amelia Robinson has a podcast, which is so fun. Um, She works for Dayton.com. She does a lot of fun activities and has some great people on interviewing with her. And the name of her podcast is called What Had Happened Was, which (laughs) is such a fun name. I listened to it and uh, it's It's a good time. Yeah, you can't turn it off. And we've also got Mike Mike Hartsock that is uh, doing a podcast. And uh, you should go and check that out as well. It is called Stay Right There. And that is his tagline if you have ever watched his uh, his sportscast during the news. And he's going to have a lot of people on there talking sports and things like that. So really fun and exciting. And of course, we want you guys to subscribe and continue to listen to us as well. Remember, you could listen to us at Cloudy with the Chance of Podcast on Apple iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.